Carol Ofori, yeah. East Coast Radio. It is East Coast Radio, KZN's number one hit music station. If you're just joining us, hi. Um, so this morning, a lot of us made our way out and tried to navigate the roads that are uh, um, KZN roads after the devastation of the rains, right? Uh, I must say, yesterday leaving work, it was so lovely leaving and the sun was out and it just, lo- it just looked a little drier than the past two days that we've had. Um, so driving into uh, school to drop off my son this morning, took the route first, which we usually take and uh, that was fine going towards um, you know Durban City Um, but I looked over on the right and I realized geez coming back we're going to sit in a bit of traffic because that's moving a lot slower right so uh, usually when we go that way to drop the kid off we go past a underlying bridge that's just by um, in by Lelusha right the the route first runs across on the top and at the bottom is the bridge that we use to get onto the highway this morning we're about to turn left and lo and behold the scariest sight I've seen in a long time. Sand right up to the window of one car that was stuck there, a red car. Um, and it was just so scary to see this car abandoned. And it's looking a bit like disheveled and stuff. So like things have happened, like either like, yeah, just a lot. Um, so there we are, kid in the back going, <gasps> and I'm like, <gasps> looking at that because wow, this looks, looks like a scene from the movies, right? Um, so that was quite scary to see. And that, that area, of course, being taped off, you can't go past there. Um, and as you heard um, Andy saying in the news, a lot of cleanup operations. And that, for me, is the first vision I've seen of the real devastation. Uh, I know for some of my colleagues who are living in certain areas like Mloti and stuff, there's a lot more that is a lot more shocking and a lot more scary to see. Uh, of course, we're also sitting in a situation where we have 59 people uh, confirmed dead in this province from this from this devastation, and that number is likely to grow. So, um, yeah, made the way to school. It was fine. A much quieter day than usual at the school today, I think, for obvious reasons. Um, and then made our way back to um, Tumtlanga and sat in quite some thick traffic. And I was wondering, what is causing this traffic? What is causing this traffic? As we walk past, as Andy mentioned, it was uh, some a mudslide where the one lane is covered in soil, um, so you can't use it. So a two-lane highway is now reduced to one lane, causing a, st- a real, real backlog in traffic um, coming into Umtlanga from Durban on the route first. Um, and then made myself, made our way to, to, to work this morning, even had a moment to stop for a coffee. Um, and in the bottom half of Mtlanga, Mtlanga rocks, you know, down closer to the beach, everything looks pretty much normal. People going about their day, people having their coffee and stuff. So had a coffee just to kind of calm my nerves of what I had seen. Um, so I'm really sympathizing with, with those of you who are still dealing, mopping up, picking up mud pushing this, doing that, trying to get your, your, your homes back to what they were before, really, really sympathizing with you. We will be speaking in 10 minutes to um, founder of uh, Gift of the Givers, that's Dr. Imtiaz Suleiman. We'll speak to him to find out um, what operations are on the ground for them here in Durban uh, or in KZN rather. Um, I know that they have used words like this is an unprecedented humanitarian response from them um, that they are seeing. And so we'll chat more about the operations there working on what they are seeing. Uh, I've also seen on uh, different news agencies as well talking to um, the uh, mayor of the city who said that a lot of people have lost their homes, um, especially in um, underprivileged areas, your um, communities where you have lots of shacks. A lot of those homes completely um, wiped off 
just don't exist anymore uh, and the crisis that they are dealing with. So we're going to try and paint the best picture we can for you in KZN on the show today, okay? Um, that's exactly what I plan to do. Also, drop me a voice note, 0617929495. I want to hear from you. Uh, how was your drive in, drive out? Um, how's your area? How's your home? How are you doing? Um, how are you feeling? What's going on? Chat to me. I want to hear from you. So massive humanitarian effort in KZN this morning. It's happening across the province, led largely by gift of the givers who are already on the ground, as I said, and I have the founder on the line with me right now. That, of course, is Dr. Imtiaz Suleiman. Hi, Dr. How are you this morning? Oh, fine, Carlos. Thank you very much. So, Doctor, I believe we um, are, are calling this an unprecedented humanitarian crisis on the ground here in KZN. Is that wording correct or a little bit sensationalist? I think it's a bit too high. You know, unprecedented humanitarian crisis. Yes, there's two parts here. One is infrastructure damage and there's loss of lives. An unprecedented disaster, you have a massive loss of lives. Not that 45 or 50 people is a small loss of lives, but I would say it's an unprecedented uh, uh, disaster. It is a huge disaster compared to the ones in the past. It's comparable to the 87 floods. It's comparable to the 2019 floods. But, you know, it's something, a pattern that has been emerging regularly. You've seen similar kind of patterns in other parts of the country and in Eastern Cape, but not to the level of infrastructure damage mm. and a lot of loss of lives. Yeah. It is indeed East Coast Radio, and we do have Dr. Imtia Suleiman on the line again. We are chatting to Gift of the Givers founder. Uh, doctor, you did mention earlier before we got cut off um, that this is the worst natural disaster that you, Gift of the Givers, have seen in South Africa. And you were just about to unpack for us what your teams are seeing and dealing with on the ground. The, the, the number one, the most important emotion is that of anxiety, you know, and trauma. People forget that element of it. Mm. You're sitting in your house, eating, you know, the rain is coming, and you know you're not near any river, and suddenly a stream becomes a river, or, or, you know, within minutes. And you suddenly find your house moving, it's sinking, family members are falling out of the house, and you try to catch them. Mm. You know, it, it's, a, it's a horrendous feeling, and it's happened in several areas in and around KZN, where more than one family member has been lost from the same house. I think the figures are, are incorrect. We're going to see the numbers very substantially as we get more and more feedback. There's two problems. One is there was no proper communication. And secondly, the areas were inaccessible. So once the areas become more accessible and communication sets up, you'll start finding out how many people have disappeared, washed away or passed on. You know, it's going to be far more than the figures that we are seeing because the destruction has just been huge in every area. That's the one problem. The other thing is we, our team started off again talking about emotions. You know, it's some, something of a personal uh, the relationship for us. The, the granny who passed on were the three children. Strangely enough, we were there last week, Tuesday, in exactly the same spot. No. We, had, we had delivered food parcels to her and, you know, 200 families all together. They lived in low-income flats in that area. So she got washed away, and then we expect that's the first call we got on early on, on Tuesday morning to say there's a problem here. And then we went in, we found, the, the granny was found, and two of the children were found. The third one was not found at that point, but subsequently the third child, child was found. And they told us, look, this is the same people you gave a food parcel to last week, and there's families, 200 families in low-income flats. The water came within minutes to one meter high. And it's mostly old people and pensioners. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, the anxiety, when you're younger, you can take the kind of trauma. You know, although it's also a trauma when you're young, but with older people, it's far more difficult. And so they had to move them, and, you know, to, to safer ground. And some of them came back to start to clean up their houses. This is their nice position. And then another personal kind of incident, it was on TV. I didn't even realize it was something that we were connected to. 
And um, my wife sends me a message to say, you know, our friend's house, and I go to her house quite often. Mm. She's, the friend is sitting at, at, at the dinner table, and she said she's sitting there with a the child, and suddenly it sounds like a lightning strike. And the next minute, the whole wall collapses in the dining room. And, and the water comes through in, in, into the dining room, the wall falls down, it goes down the, 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 the driveway, not drive the side of the house, along the boundary wall, to the neighbor next door. Or not next door, in the same yard, they're sharing a yard with two or three people. It goes down, affects the neighbor, and the domestic is staying in one of the outside houses. It collapses on that whole house and, and crushes the domestic and gets a trip on the ground. And they still haven't managed to, to recover the, the domestic. It's too And you know, those are personal kind of stories. And the lady said, well, the minute the wall fell and she had a Sunday, she ran upstairs to see if anything happened to her husband. It's that kind of trauma that happens at very short notice. Now, in informal settlements, where, you know, there's no way, if, if a house that's got wall and brick and concrete and cement, that happens to those houses. What do you think is going to happen to houses in informal settlements? They're just going to get washed away, yeah. and people are going to get traumatized. There's no way to go. There's no higher ground, because most people build it on low ground. They build it, you know, on, on, on flat plains. So there's no way high to go. And unless you move away early, you're in serious, serious trouble. And you watch your family members wash away in front of you. And that's an experience that we had in, in East London recently, in, you know, under Sane, when lady said the water came, washed the shack away, she grabbed her daughter, but the daughter slipped out of her hand, washed away, and the, and the, and the daughter drowned. Now, those are some of the kind of things that you would see in this kind. You just don't have the full stories yet, but, but it's, it's that kind of tragedy that's happening all over. And, in, and these, these are the shacks, the informal settlements, but also the more, you know, the, the, the concrete type of houses, the more formal houses have suffered a lot of damage. There's also a lot of damage. Now, Doctor, looking at all the damage and all this devastation, how long do you think it will take us to recover from a humanitarian perspective? It's going to depend how much money comes and how fast, you know. It's all depending on funding. I mean, you know, we're in a funding crisis in the country already. Yeah. You know, we can't meet the expenses of the country from the tax collections. We've got all the money that's disappeared. We've got, you know, the corruption. We've got the state capture. We've got so many different aspects and there's not enough money. I mean, we've cut down doctors in hospital. We're not re-employing doctors. We're not, we're not taking new posts. We're not employing new teachers. In every way, you know, we've got a financial crunch. And to rebuild, and we just built some of those roads in 2019, by the on the North Coast. You know, it cost us a lot of money then. The infrastructure is, is messed up. The, the, the substations are damaged. And then it's going to take us a long time. Yeah. But it'd rather take us a long time, but there are certain things I want us to consider. Why did always have the bridges falling down on the North Coast? In other countries, you don't have to read, but in other countries, even in earthquakes, the bridges turn. We need to look at the specifications of what's being built, the way we're building it now. Mm-hmm. And maybe, of course, it's more expensive, but look at putting something more solid, like how the countries do in other parts of the world where there's earthquakes, and see if we can make our bridges tower stronger. Secondly, we have to make a plan with human settlement, social development, and the country to do not allow people to level on flat plains. Otherwise, we're going to keep having this destruction, and more than that, you're going to have people dying. You know, we have to look at that and make arrangements fast and not take years to decide what to do. Thirdly, you know, the, 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 the municipalities and the engineers will have to really look at retaining walls. A lot of people have died because of retaining walls falling down. Yeah. And we need to know why that's happening. You know, is there some way that we bring them wrongly? Can we make them stronger? Do we put holes in them for water to go through so they don't get pushed down? Yeah. We have to look at that. And another thing we have to look at is engineers, geologists, people have to sit together and say, look, we have any houses that we got, we can't do anything about. But in future, you can't build on the seal. You can't build on this mountain. You can't build on this rock 
Because if you have a storm, we're going to have a landslide, we're going to have a mudslide, this is going to happen, the house is going to fall down, please, you can't body anymore. Those are proactive measures we need to take seriously and look at, you know, at the country itself. It's going to be expensive, it's going to take a long time, but it will save us the grief that we're going through now in the long run. Absolutely. And lastly, uh, Doctor, how can people contribute and help for those who are like, I want to help financially, hands, whichever way I can help. How do they do this for Gift of the Givers here on the ground? Simply just call our call number, 0800-786-911. You may have a problem getting through. So it may be just easier to go to the social media pages at giftofthegivers.org. All the details are there. Doctor, thank you so much for your time. I do preempt we will be speaking again, uh, but thank you so much for uh, those insights and for your work on the ground. Um, thank you to you and your team. We appreciate it. Pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That's Dr. Intia Suleiman from The Gift of the Givers on the Ground. He has labeled this one of the worst, if not, he actually said the worst uh, natural disaster that they themselves, Gift of the Givers, have uh, attended to. And remember, these guys work all over the world. Uh, but in this country, he says this is definitely the worst. To listen to these moments and anything else you might have missed, go to ecr.co.za and click on podcasts.